You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Seven oh seven in the morning. You're on Wake Up Tucson, ten thirty. The Voice, local news and talk, and uh, looking forward to our next interview coming up. Um, and again, as you, if you listen to this show, we've tried to bring you the best reality coverage of uh, that anyone can uh, in Tucson, Arizona, with the various guests we've had, all the all the work we've done with uh, Michael Beatrice on looking through real numbers and things like that. And a gentleman who I've looked forward to having on the show, and he's on today, and uh, he has a book out there that's uh, called uh, The Lies My Government Told Me, uh, and his name is Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Malone, welcome to the show, sir. Hi, Chris. Thanks a lot for having me. It sounds like Tucson's having some weather. That's pretty unusual. Well, I know, I think uh, the Weather Channel gave it some sort of, you know, name like Olive or something. So, you know, Winter Storm Olive's coming to blow up, blow us all up. So very windy, lots of rain, mountains are getting lots of snow, and uh, we need it because we're in a drought. So I'm not complaining. Yep. So, yep. so of course, you, you came on my radar from the Rogan interview. I'm sure you've heard that 80 zillion times in your life. Uh, why? Yeah, fist, fist, bumps, fist bumps from 20-something young men. <laughs> is uh, not usually part of my life. <laughs> and um, so, and, I, and before we went to break, I gave everyone the Dr. Malone background, so we don't have to do that now for anyone who may not know who you are. So why, why are that? There's so many questions I have for you, but why, why was that the moment that you decided to go out wide and sit down with Joe for so long and, and go over what, you know, what you were experiencing and, kind of giving your your uh, your insight on a lot of the bad decisions that were coming out of NIH and other places? Well, I'd already been speaking quite a bit, and since the original Brett Weinstein Dark Horse podcast, um, that was uh, How to Save the World with Steve Kirsch, I had increasingly come out historically as a consultant running a consulting shop, largely focused on uh, government and D.C. and kind of working at the interface between uh, Beltway Bandits and and uh, the biopharmaceutical complex and the military in particular, I'd kept my head down. But I really had to speak out about what was going on, about the uh, failure to follow any kind of a norms in uh, testing of these agents before they were put into humans, and the uh, clear breaches of bioethics. Once I started talking about that, then of course I got hammered by the press and they were also uh, busy hammering me because of uh, the efforts to lobby for the Nobel Prize for Carrico and Weissman. And I was kind of inconveniently in the way on that uh, by virtue of my early publications and patents. So. I'd already kind of gone down the road of speaking out, and uh, Peter McCullough had been on not too long before that, talking about early treatment. And Joe had, of course, talked about taking ivermectin himself together with antibodies, et cetera, and recovering quickly from his COVID to the the great uh, teeth gnashing of uh, the corporate media all across the United States and the world. Uh, And then I got a call to... Uh, go on Rogan, in particular to uh, announce 
and advocate for the uh, protest, the Stop the Mandates protest in Washington, D.C. on the Lincoln Memorial, which was the first major protest that had happened after uh, the uh, post-election events uh, that we called, I think, January 6th. Uh, And a lot of people were really scared about what was going to happen there, whether the government was going to crack down on us, whether we were going to have infiltrators, Proud Boys, other bad actors involved in that. And Rogan invited me on, his team, and uh, we just sat down and talked. It was Joe that was driving that interview. I was very much in the moment. He's an amazing American. Uh, And and he's genuine, which is what, of course, Americans are hungering for after years and years and years of this digested pablum that we call corporate media, where everything is spun and positioned and advertised and and marketed. Um, People that are actually just genuine, uh, it's a revolutionary act. And this is why Joe Rogan's audience has exploded. And we just sat and talked. It wasn't any particular agenda other than um, I was counseled to be very much in the moment, just focus on Joe and uh, answer his questions. And I did so I th- in a calm, straightforward way. Yeah, I thought you did a good job. in the. You did the Joe Friday. You stayed to just the facts. Anytime you got into, can you give us some insight? You're like, I don't know what other people were thinking. I thought you did a very nice job with that. Um, so let, let's get to the the book is The Lies My Government Told Me and A Better Future Coming. Let's talk about the lies my government told me. Give, I know there's lots. <laughs> yeah, one of the criticisms of the book is it's too short. Uh, <laughs> it had been twice the length, but Skyhorse Publishing said that uh, the only people that would buy it at twice the length were people that needed doorstops. Uh, so it got edited down. Um, and, uh, of course, the lies are uh, legion. Uh, the lies about the lockdowns, the lies about the social distancing, that was all arbitrary. The lies about mask uh, effectiveness that are still ongoing. The school shutdowns, the masking of children, the denial of early treatment, uh, the whole safe and effective narrative that is just completely crumbled. And uh, we now have, have on record people like uh, Rochelle Walensky and Deborah Burke saying that, well, we didn't know that it was going to be safe and effective, but we hoped that it would. Uh, and, and the suppression, <laughs> most egregiously, the suppression of early treatments and the, uh, the propaganda and censorship around that and uh, also the gaslighting uh, and censorship of any people that were discussing their own vaccine harms, that was considered disallowed speech. I mean, imagine if you're somebody, whether or not you actually have had a harm from a vaccine, you believe that you have, and a number of those people did. There's, it's incontrovertible. And uh, what you're faced with is your family, your coworkers, the media, big tech, are all telling you, that you're psychotic, that this couldn't possibly have happened, that there aren't any vaccine harms, that they're truly safe and effective based on minimalist clinical trials, no long-term follow-up. It was all propaganda. And these poor souls 
are sitting there vaccine injured being told that they're crazy. It is the most ugly thing I've ever seen in my life in medicine. So I want to I want to I, I want to go to I got to go to break for a few few of our advertisers. I want to come back and continue the conversation, but I want to verify a quote that I think you said to Joe, and then I want to talk about whatever the correct quote is. I think you said again. Correct me, Doctor Malone. Everyone knows Tony Fauci's a liar. Is that was that an accurate quote from the Rogan interview? Uh, I don't know if it was in the Rogan interview, but I've said it many times. All right, let's let's talk about that line when we come back. We're hanging out and catching up with Dr. Robert Malone. Check out Lies My Government Told Me. It's on Amazon. And if you're one of the people that are on Team COVID Reality, like a lot of us are listening to the show, I would encourage you to go get it. We're talking to Dr. Robert Malone. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10th of The Voice, local news and talk. 719 in the morning, back on Wake Up Tucson, 10th of The Voice. KBY.com if you want to stream it, podcasts, all that good stuff. We're talking to Dr. Robert Malone. The book is Lies My Government Told Me and a Better Future Coming. Dr. Malone, thanks for holding on. I appreciate it, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, Chris, before we jump into it, yes, sir. I just wanted to share with your listeners that our book, Ed Dowd's book called Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, and the Bobby Kennedy book, The Real Anthony Fauci, are all available on Kindle until next Monday. So ebook versions are all available free through Amazon. And so you've got a window oh, wow. here for those that don't want to spend money to go ahead and grab <laughs> that because we want the information to be available to everybody. Um, so when you said that everyone knows Tony Fauci's a liar, explain, explain that in a little more depth, please. So I've spent my whole career uh, around Tony Fauci and really underneath him as he controls pretty much the entire biomedical apparatus in the United States in terms of my area of infectious disease, vaccines, medical countermeasures. And he, he, the rules have never applied to Tony. The rules that I have to abide by if I'm not going to get a warning or reprimand letter or be blocked from continuing doing clinical research uh, by the FDA, they've never applied to Tony. He can break the blind. He can disclose information on clinical trials. He can say whatever he wants. And uh, Tony operates with the, the kind of the landscape and capabilities of a trained CIA officer. He uses a lot of the same techniques of limited hangouts and deflection. And um, we've seen that even at the level of his testimony in the Senate, of course, where, for instance, he denied the, uh, the, the clear truth that gain-of-function research was performed under NIH funding at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in the creation of this pathogen that we call SARS-CoV-2. That's, that's pretty well widely accepted consensus now. The only dissent seems to mostly be around whether or not it actually occurred in the Wuhan Institute of Virology or there are some uh, in other nations, uh, particularly other intelligence services, that assert that, that much of this actually took place in some of the Ukraine biolabs as far as I'm concerned, that's unsubstantiated rumor, but it is uh, widely discussed in in other countries, not in the United States. Is there anyone still but running around? Is there is there anyone history. still running around talking about wet markets, Doctor Malone? 
Not to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, the only ones that would be are people that are really fully in on trying to promote propaganda. Gotcha. Uh, but, but in terms of the Lancet Commission, uh, the, the, the edge is um, really not a question of whether or not uh, the NIH was involved in gain-of-function research uh, in offshore to circumvent the Obama uh, diktat to not perform gain-of-function research, gain research domestically, uh, or, or whether there was even more nefarious activity. That, that's kind of out on the edge right now. But in terms of Tony, uh, Tony has really operated more like a, a kind of a cabal that he's built over many years. Just to illustrate, uh, you're familiar with Carrico and Weissman, the people that assert that they are the ones that invented the RNA vaccine technology and concept and uh, sought the Nobel Prize for that. Drew Weissman is a Tony Fauci postdoc. You're familiar with Deborah Burks. Sure. Deborah Burks is a Tony Fauci postdoc. Um, Tony Fauci has built a power empire, the likes of which has never been seen in science before, and he's untouchable. He can do and say whatever he wants, and he does. And by the way, you can hire him now that he's retired. Um, his speaker <laughs> fee is, is, is uh, between $50,000 and $100,000 per appearance. The um, so let's talk about all the things we should have been doing developing vaccines that we decided to skip uh, in trying to develop these mRNA. And again, you're the guy, one of the main inventors of mRNA vaccine technology. Explain to everyone what what we should have been doing. I know we were rushing. There was the politics of vaccines. What were, what were the things the that fear. we and the fear right? The fear what, was actively promoted. Um, we we had we had politicians as well as the population scared silly by what we now know was really Chinese propaganda. Why was it Chinese? What, explain we, the, explain the Chinese propaganda side after you, you just said it, just real quick. So you'll recall back in January and February we were seeing these videos uh, through the internet and otherwise on corporate media of people dropping dead in the street mass graves, rapid build-out of a hospital because it was so overwhelming, the uh, patient load, um, people walking around in full hazmat suits in China, all the lockdowns, excessive masking, people basically walking around in physical bubbles in order to do their shopping. All of that was propaganda, and it's not clear at the present where exactly that was coming from. Of course, that's classic fifth-gen warfare, is you never know who's really pushing this stuff. But all of that propaganda was taken into the White House and to leadership across the West as a true reality. And that's what drove a lot of this overreaction. Even Mr. Gates now acknowledges that this was all a gross overreaction to a virus that was nowhere near as pathogenic as was believed. But that's, that's what this propaganda was, and it absolutely originated in China. Uh, what we don't know is who exactly was pushing it, but it's undeniable. How many people have you seen dying in the streets in Tucson? Not many. How many, how many times have you seen uh, public health officials walking around in hazmat suits, scooping up bodies like a scene from Monty Python, bring out your dead? Um, sorry, that didn't happen. 
uh, how many times did you see the hospitals overwhelmed? In fact, what you saw is dancing physicians and nurses, uh, the uh, propaganda of these Broadway-like productions that were funded by the government, um, all kinds of lies and, and misinformation that was really psyops that was deployed on the American populace for three years constantly. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. What was, let's go back to my original question of uh, skeps, steps that we skipped developing va- vaccines, mRNA vaccines. Yeah, so when I, when I got that call from Wuhan from a CIA officer on January 4th of 2020 asking me to get uh, my team spun up, one of the first things that I did, which I always do in these outbreaks, because I have a long history of leading teams in between the government and industry to address the problems of these outbreaks, I did a threat assessment, and my, my determination was that the best solution uh, available within a reasonable timeline was repurposing drugs. And I proceeded on that with you know, eventually hundreds of millions of dollars from DOD to help support those drug repurposing efforts using the latest technology. But uh, the decision was made in the White House uh, under the influence of Burt's, Fauci, et cetera, and the national security apparatus, uh, including the CIA, which has been the big promoter of the RNA tech all the way through. That's undeniable through their uh, developmental arm called DARPA. Uh, they decided that they only wanted to have the vaccines, not early treatment. And uh, they they decided on a policy of administering what's a known worldwide as a toxic drug, remdesivir, together with uh, ventilation protocols that basically destroy people's lungs. And uh, that was the only allowed protocol. Eventually, uh, it was allowed to add steroids to that after... Uh, um, Pierre Corey was so defamed in his testimony about that topic uh, to Ron Johnson and the Senate. But uh, what was denied and actively suppressed was all kinds of early treatments. Uh, Of course, we know about uh, ivermectin. Um, Ivermectin, one of the most widely used essential medicines for humans, according to the World Health Organization, but propagandized by the FDA as unsafe and as a horse medicine. That's clearly false. Hey, yes, doctor, I use- doctor, doctor, we got a hard break coming up. Can I can I keep you for one more segment? I'm, I'm just, sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. We're hanging out with Dr. Robert Malone. Uh, again, you want to check out the new book. Uh, and he also talked about how his book, uh, Senator Kennedy's book, and the other one, Cause Unknown, uh, is all uh, free on uh, Amazon Kindle now for the next few days. But his book is called Lies My Government Told Me and a Better Future Coming. So you're on Wake Up Tucson, 10th of the Voice, local news and talk. 7.33 in the morning. Uh, we're getting back to our interview with Dr. Robert Malone. And again, you can check out, uh, he has a Substack that uh, you should probably join up with. And then uh, Lies My Government Told Me and a Better Future Coming. Dr. Malone, thank you for your patience through the break. I appreciate it. No worries, Chris. Let's go. Uh, let's talk about. Um, so we always when we when we talk about decisions, uh, a friend of the show, U.S. Congressman David Schweikert, says it's about power, vanity, or money, but usually it's about the money. 
which leads us to the qui bono moment. So of all of these bad decisions of rushing mRNA vaccines, mandates, uh, what, who who benefited from this? What what you know the people who made these decisions? What was the benefits that you saw? I'm not asking you to tell me why they did it, but what, what who benefited from all of these bad decisions? Well, it's indisputable that we've seen the largest upward transfer of wealth in the his in recorded history uh, during the COVID crisis. Uh, there's been a, a massive shift. And it has absolutely benefited a uh, elite class of corporate owners and uh, financiers, uh, bankers, uh, et cetera. There's been a group. And, of course, uh, the stockholders of Pfizer, Moderna, which had included Mr. Gates, who's bragged about how much money he's made off of this. Of course, it's basically insider stock trading when you fund the uh, planning sessions for how the U.S. government is going to respond to a crisis, I'm referring to Event 201, then make investments based on what you know the government's plans are. It's no surprise that you then benefit financially from that knowledge. And now that Mr. Gates has basically sold his stock in these companies at huge profit, he's now feels comfortable speaking about their failures and uh, limitations. Uh, so we've seen a, a number of, of very wealthy individuals uh, gaining uh, more wealth and more power. We've seen the weaponization of what's happened here in public health to advance uh, the power of various globalist groups, including, of course, the World Health Organization. It is now seeking more capital and more power. And the Biden administration seems quite glad to give them to give that to them in the form of the modified international health regulations that they're trying to jam through so that the Senate doesn't have to approve what's functionally a treaty. They're kind of trying to backdoor it. That uh, would give Mr. Tedros, the head of the WHO, the power to set domestic U.S. policy for response to any public health crisis that he might declare. That could be a public health crisis of gun violence. It could be anything that he wants. He would, under these new rules, be able to implement um, policy unilaterally in the United States. He is clearly not an elected representative and uh, is widely perceived that Mr. Tedros has been put in place there by Mr. Gates and the Central Communist Party of China. It's hard to wrap your head around um, what has happened and the beneficiaries of these policies and why we're allowing this to happen. It seems that a large fraction of the population has just been hypnotized by this massive, massive propaganda campaign that's been deployed and the uh, censorship and gaslighting that has been propagated through tech and through uh, corporate media, uh, as well as the Uh, fear porn, the weaponization of fear to drive people into a place where they feel like they have no other option other than to comply with these edicts and mandates that uh, seem to have nothing to do with public health. The 
The network of the blame game, right? So locally, we have local officials who made horrible decisions on vax mandates for employees, curfews that their health director just said in a uh, Senate uh, testimony at the state of Arizona that she didn't know they were going to do anything, but they did them anyway, right? Crushing businesses, all of these different things. So the elected officials... Well, and what's happened to our children, to schools, right. are a huge... Sure, and the and suicide rate. We, I mean, it's just it's it's just tragic. So what happens is, Doctor Malone, we see the local officials blame the health. Uh, sorry, they say, oh, the health directors told us to do this, right? The health directors say, well, the elected officials just do stuff. I just recommend stuff, and then they're all going to blame it back to to Tony Fauci in the end. I've never seen such a great breakdown on the health on the health side of this of all these professionals all playing the same game, and I, I know it's driven by money for a lot of these things. It's money, power, uh, status. It's the usual uh, uh, list of human sins and frailties, but it's, it's on steroids. I mean, we've never really seen anything like this. The coordination of these policies has been global, just as we're seeing the coordination of some of these other policies and messaging such as the uh, um, uh, the physical, surgical, and hormonal modification of individuals' gender. Uh, that is that is the propaganda associated with that, and the procedures and the um, pushing of this uh, logic into the schools is happening globally. It's not happening just in Tucson or Arizona or the United States or North America. It's happening in South Africa. It's happening across Europe, all at the same time, all harmonized. It's it's stunning to watch it. Uh, it's stunning to see the effectiveness of fifth-generation warfare being deployed on civilian populations. But that's what we have, and people are readily hypnotized by this kind of uh, approach, this kind of propaganda, and uh, they've all buried into, they burrowed into tribalism. We we have people just totally embedded in tribal belief systems and us versus them, sure. and unable to raise their heads up and recognize what's being done to them. What are the uh, the back to these mRNA vaccines? We're seeing all of these sudden deaths, myocarditis, blood clotting in women, all of these things. Uh, and I know the sad to say is that the people in power are telling you that this happens. This is the same rate it happens all the time, and you guys are just making a big deal out of it. Doctor Malone would say to them, uh, "The data don't lie. The cells don't lie. Uh, what?" What is being done here is misrepresenting the data, hiding the data. We even have the New York Times that last February put out an article in which they identified the CDC as having been politicized by the White House. It's now functionally a political arm of the White House, and it has been withholding data, critical data, from public health officials all the way through this pandemic under the guise of anything which would cause, quote, vaccine hesitancy, which is to say unwillingness to take a unlicensed mandated product that's neither safe nor effective. Um, anything that would cause vaccine hesitancy should be suppressed, including the truth. And that's what's been going on 
And uh, the truth is coming out now. It's coming out internationally. The U.K. had been all in on jabbing all the way down to the little babies, just like we are. And over the last six weeks, they reexamined the data. And first, they blocked the boosters for 50 and under, which Denmark has done for quite a long time. And uh, now they have rescinded the uh, um, booster vaccines for all. They're no longer going to be available in Great Britain. And yet here in the United States, uh, the CDC is approving it as part of the mandated annual schedule for our children, a product which is clearly neither safe nor effective. What are we seeing in addition to myocarditis, the heart attacks, the blood clotting? What are some other documented effects that the, the vaccine is having on, on uh, people out there, Dr. Malone? Stroke, menstrual irregularities. Uh, there's um, endocrine disruption, POTS syndrome. Uh, uh, tinnitus is a common side effect. This is the ringing of the ears, dizziness. Uh, the coagulation is multifactorial, multifaceted. Uh, in, in particular, you're seeing these very rubbery blood clots, both large ones and small ones. Uh, the interventional cardiologists, the people that stick catheters into your heart vessels to try to remove blocks, are finding that they're, they're encountering uh, heart, sudden heart blockages in young people that are so solid, they're like little BBs, they cannot penetrate them with the catheter, and so they have to go to surgery. Uh, so it's the, the things that are on the horizon that are suspected and quite concerning have to do with various forms of central nervous system degeneration. A friend of mine who's a very experienced pathologist just finished an autopsy on someone with what's called spongiform encephalopathy uh, post-jab. Uh, this is very rare. It should not be observed. It's, it's the symptoms that were found with mad cow disease, the symptoms that Luc Montagnier was so concerned about before he died. Those are now being seen uh, with remarkable frequency. Cancers that had previously been thought to be cured or in remission suddenly reactivating upon vaccination. Oh, my Lord. And most is that the data for all of us out of places like the Cleveland Clinic, which has performed a massive study of their own employees, demonstrate that the more inoculations you take, the more likely you are to develop COVID and clinical COVID that would put you in the hospital or otherwise require medical assistance. And uh, from all over the world, we have data that the incidence of death is highest in individuals who are fully jabbed. There's multiple reasons for this, but it's basically damaging the immune system. And then perhaps most worrisome is the ongoing uh, growth of information about uh, risks in premature abortion, especially in the first and second trimester, potential birth defects that many obstetricians are observing, and the uh, menstrual irregularities, including onset of menstruation in women who are postmenopausal, oh uh, down to children passing blood clots, young girls. Uh, and that uh, was revealed in this recent Project Veritas uh, interaction with a senior Pfizer official, that Pfizer acknowledges that there are these reproductive harms and believes that they're due to endocrine damage. Uh, which is not yet 
uh, proven or investigated, but that would imply additional types of toxicity to the brain. A listener wanted to know about uh, appendicitis or uh, chronic UTIs post uh, Pfizer vax or either any of the vaxes. I have not heard of those two as uh, known side effects or fairly frequent. One of the ones that is frequent is the reactivation of latent DNA viruses. This is Epstein-Barr virus, uh, cytomegalovirus, and shingles. Yikes. Um, so uh, Matt wanted to know, as a guy who helped invent this technology, was this was mRNA the wrong way to go in relation to COVID, or is it just misused in the way they just you know, fumbled to get fear-mongered and fumbled their way to make money? Well, uh, for whatever reason, they absolutely bypassed the normal regulatory processes that are necessary to ensure that vaccines are safe and effective before they're administered widely to humans. That That is indisputable. Whether or not the mRNA technology had a potential value in the types of applications that I had envisioned, such as a rapid response to emerging pathogens or engineered pathogens or uh, special ops forces, for example, um, whether or not that was a, an appropriate application, what has been done here is clearly demonstrated that the underlying problems with the technology in terms of toxicity risk were not addressed before this was widely deployed. And it, it clearly demonstrates that uh, these processes and procedures that we've had in place for decades for ensuring that vaccines are safe and effective should never have been bypassed. Could the technology have been effective had it been allowed to be properly tested? That's speculative. We have no idea. It could be that it could be made safe and effective. But uh, the history of coronavirus vaccine development has been failure after failure after failure. The only two vaccines that have been effective for coronaviruses are both veterinary and they're both mucosal vaccines. Uh, even Tony Fauci in a recent publication in one of the cell journals has acknowledged that these vaccines never had a chance to really work because they generate a systemic rather than a mucosal immune response. And none of the vaccines that do this uh, for uh, respiratory RNA viruses like influenza show good effectiveness. They all are really quite poor in preventing infection, replication, and spread. And he attributes this to the fact that these viruses replicate in mostly in our nasopharynx, in our upper airways. And uh, these types of parenteral vaccines, is the technical term, they're jabbed into your body do not generate immune responses that home to those mucosal surfaces. So uh, it's clear that uh, from multiple sources, these, these, this technology as deployed was not well matched to this pathogen. And it was really a gross overreaction. I like to say if there was, for instance, aerosol transmitted Ebola, and we had a partially effective but somewhat toxic vaccine, people would have been lining up around the block to take it. Um, the existing licensed Ebola vaccine that I helped bring forward and got licensed to Merck is really pretty toxic. But if you're facing Ebola outbreak, you're very glad to take it, even though it makes you feel like you got beaten up with a baseball bat.
Gotcha. That's the way things are. It's a risk-benefit ratio. And the truth is that this pathogen was not that much of medical risk. It was overplayed. The fear was propagated by the likes of the corporate media, CNN, etc., all over the world. And it was used to influence not just the public, but the politicians to agree to policies and procedures that were highly counterproductive, destroyed our economy, etc. And then you put it in a presidential election year and it went on super steroids. All right, Dr. Malone, I have abused enough of your time. I could talk to you just like Joe Rogan for three hours, but I'm not going to do that. So thank you for the time and the knowledge. I hope we can have this conversation again because you're, you're, you're bringing it and we, and the audience and I appreciate it. So thank you. Thanks a lot, Chris. And, uh, Have another lovely day in paradise there in Tucson. We'll be just fine, my friend. All right, we'll talk again. The book is called Lies My Government Told Me and A Better Future Coming. And then you said that your book, uh, this book, uh, Senator Kennedy and Cause Unknown are going to be free on Kindle for the next few days? Correct, until Monday. So that's the real Anthony Fauci, Cause Unknown, and Lies My Government Told Me are all available free on Kindle in North America right now. All right, man. Keep 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 up the fight, and we'll talk again. Thank you, sir. Be good. You too, my friend. All right, that's Dr. Robert Malone. Check out uh, rwmalonemd.com. Everything we've talked about in the, since March of 2020 all came down to this discussion of the last three segments. Wake up, Tucson. We got one of the officers here for Naval Week, a U of A grad who serves on the U.S. Gabby Giffords, is uh, going to be on at the top of the hour. You can leave uh, Cantaloupe going in the bottom. Wow. Wow. I was just telling uh, <laughs> Fred I was talking to going after listening to the side effects of the bad effects of the uh, mRNA vaccines, you just want to crawl underneath your 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 table and not come back out, right? Because, But literally everything we've ever talked about Right, everything we've ever talked about, all came true in that meeting, in that discussion right there. So, if Brushfire wants to come on, he's got a minute. So, before I got my naval guy on, so Brushfire, what's up? I got to I got to Can I selflessly promote somebody I really like? What does that mean? To do what? You. Oh. You. <laughs> yes. What? What? Was, what, was, what, what do you yeah, want? To- I mean, this is self. Selfless promotion of a buddy of mine. We do shameless plugs do all the time on this show. Uh, well, you can't plug me. All right. But here's the deal. You got, th- you got 50 seconds. One hour. I know. I used to do one hour on the weekend, and it took me five hours to put that show together. And I'll tell you what. Listening out in L.A., Danny's listening up in Phoenix. My folks are listening to Moab. And you, I'm going to tell you what, dude. You've got the best freaking show I've ever Well, I whole three hours off. I appreciate the uh, the kind words, and Dr. Malone made that last hour pretty easy a to do. What a great interview. What so. a great. All right, Sean. Thank you. Back for a long time ago. Keep the faith, brother. Thanks, amigo. Thanks for the kind words. We got, one, we got our naval officer, Austin, coming up next. He's a former U of A kid, and he's been hitting all of his old food spots. We're going to find that out before it's all over. We are definitely making Malone into a YouTube to blow out, so wake up.